Well, you you and I are in person. We are. It's weird. I enjoyed last time we were in person. Do you have Do you have a link to start off? This is a little old. Okay. But I think it's pretty bro to see this. You know. All right, send it to me. So <laughs> there's a museum in L.A. Dedicated to failed products. I want to go to this museum. Oh, wait, we're going it. to L.A. <laughs> Dude, we totally could we go can to this. We finally go to a place that we're talking about. Oh. I love this so much. The Museum of Failure. This is a cool idea. I actually like this because I feel like so often you end up having to show off how cool everything is. There's a gross product that they have in this uh, story. Uh-huh. Colgate beef lasagna. Wait, is that really a thing? Uh, I don't know, but they have an image of it. Time to look that one up. Colgate, Colgate. yes. The toothpaste brand launched its first and only beef lasagna dinner meal. Did it clean your teeth while you ate it? I googled Colgate beef lasagna, and it uh, immediately showed me links to the Museum of Failure, which isn't exactly helpful in this case. I need to know everything about this Colgate. It's pretty gross sounding. Colgate is toothpaste. And beef lasagna is like the antithesis of toothpaste. I think that they just made... You think they just slapped their name I on I think it? they just made beef lasagna. I don't think that there's anything special about this beef lasagna. I think they just thought that they should make frozen food along with your toothpaste. What executives approved that? I don't know. That's a really gross idea. I remember being younger and recognizing that Dove chocolate and Dove soap weren't the same thing and being a little relieved about that. I hadn't <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, it's weird. Be- yeah, There's a weird dang. overlap. And I was just going to say, like, well, Dove uh, soap is, like, for women, but that's a lie. I have Dove soap <laughs> for men also, in my shower right now. Also, that's sexist about chocolate, man. Come on. Everyone loves chocolate. <laughs> It says that there's a wall of unfortunately flavored Oreo cookie packages, but I don't know what that means. The Newton message pad is in this museum. Harley Davidson cologne. <laughs> the Google Glass is in this museum. Google Glass definitely deserves to be in there. I'm I'm a fan of that. Betamax. Poor Betamax. The image that they have up top is Crystal Pepsi, which is a pretty good example of a failure. Coke 2? I don't even know what that was. Coke 2. Oh my. Coke tried to scrap their original Coke recipe... Whoa. Isn't that the same thing that happened to Werther's original? Yeah, I think so. That, like, it was Werther's, they made a new recipe, people complained, then they went back and they renamed it Werther's original. Have you ever had any, like, uh, products that were failures that you actually just really liked? Hmm. I had the Zune. You were a Zune user? Yeah, I loved it. What did you like about it? It was prettier than the iPod at the time. Yes, at the time, yes. And... (laughs) I mean, it was kind of before we knew what direction all technology was going to be, which is like stark blacks and whites. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like a a thing that lets you see a big giant screen. And I was kind of into their weird neutral tone. Yeah. I had like a brown textured zoom, and it was sick. I liked it a lot, but it wasn't meant to be. No. It wasn't meant to be. I mean, I... I don't think I'm immune to that. Mm-hmm. I definitely think I've picked some duds of products. I actually just read a really good article about this. Speaking of failures, The Verge just ran a big header story on 
this product, the OLPC. Have you heard of that? Oh, is this the computer that they take to like other countries where like yeah. technology, you know, they can't afford it. So they just give them this durable, like crazy book. Yeah, it's called gotcha. One Laptop Per Child, the OLPC, which is kind of funny because you would think PC stands for personal computer, but it don't. They were trying to make a hundred dollar laptop. And this was in 2005. So yeah, I, I do remember it now. A long time ago. And The Verge did this huge story on how it didn't work the way they wanted it to and how that's kind of a bummer because it was a cool idea that was marred by a lot of problems, some inside the company and some outside the company. But I mean, I think that technology is especially ripe for big failure because you try to do these things that are huge and world-changing or like trying to take over the market, and sometimes you miss the boat completely. Like the Apple Newton that's in the Museum of Failure, yeah, and the Zune that I used to have in my pocket, and this OLPC. This is like a major bummer, like going through this article mm-hmm. and seeing what it could be. Mm-hmm. What, what was the reason that it failed? The $100 price point ended up being like impossible. They couldn't manufacture yeah, it for I mean, that. In 2005, creating a computer that costs so little was like a major challenge. And they so, could probably do it now. It, they could totally do it now. And I mean, that's the thing is, as time went on, they realized that even when they could do it, it didn't matter anymore because what mattered is phones and tablets. You know, this is from a different world where yeah. I don't think the iPhone existed in 2005, right? That was tw- 2007. So oh, you're right. I'm totally blanking on the like. When, yeah. Yeah. No. So okay. That everything sense. was so different. Back so they were then. just in the wrong time. In the wrong time. Yeah. But it's a it's a cool idea. It's funny looking at this product because again, very different from our iPhone inspired slates of screen. Yeah. This massive bright green, you know, weird looking, but pretty dope. You know what though? Computer. I- I, so maybe this is the product that I, I'm still into, even mm-hmm. though it failed. I see this and I see the thought. While it's not, you know, cool and sleek and sexy, I really appreciate all the different aspects. Like if you notice on the screen, they have like a D-pad yep. and, you know, uh, four little buttons for, so you can play games or you can, you know, manipulate the screen a different way. The Wi-Fi, like... um What's it called? Antenna. Antenna. They raise up and then you can see, you know, different like ports for, for USB, for headphones. The screen is a swivel, you know, and it totally turns around. It's got a handle. I almost want them to repurpose this for like kids now. Yeah, totally. Like take the guts from a switch, take some like, you know, um, Johnny Ives, get him to like redesign the shell. But this is not a flawed, you know, first step concept. Yeah. yeah. It's a bummer that it didn't, you know, work out. Yeah, it is. It's, it's funny because the thing that reminds me the most of this is the Nintendo Switch, which I know you like, you know, yeah, it's like it's... A, a modular kind of fun, opinionated thing, even though, and I mean, you know, if, if you made something like this today, I think that your the screen would be like the major component, which is the truth for the Switch too. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's cool. I like I like stuff that has some some real opinionated design vibes like this and i wish that there was more stuff like that now you know i don't know i really dig it it's cool okay Uh, i want to share something with you go for it and it's reminiscent of another terrible amazing terrible thing i shared with you before which was the heart attack grill hey what the great molasses flood of 1919 this is real it's real also known as the Boston Molasses Disaster. Yeah. If that is not a Coen Brothers movie. Right. And so you hear in your head, Great Molasses Flood, and you think, wow, that sounds very whimsical. 
But then you continue reading and you see that it killed 21 people and injured 150. Oh my gosh. <laughs> isn't that incredible? Ins- I mean, I don't even want to use the word incredible. Insane? A large insane? molasses storage tank burst and a wave of molasses. Wait, before we go further. Yeah. Molasses is slow as hell. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be insensitive, but how do these people? I think, I think when there's that much, you know, which is moves, which is the question. How much molasses? How much mo- freaking molasses? How big is this tank that it's Dude, flooding it the street? 21 people. They, yeah. I don't know, man. Even that much molasses. No way it moves faster than like a tidal wave or tsunami. It's insane to me. I didn't know that that could happen. And then I found out that it could happen, and now I think about it a lot. This is a direct quote from the Boston Post. Molasses, waist deep, covered the street and swirled and bubbled about the wreckage. Here and there struggled a form. Whether it was animal or human being, it was impossible to tell. Only an upheaval, a thrashing about in the sticky mass, showed where any life was. Horses died like so many flies on sticky flypaper. The more they struggled, the deeper in the mess they were ensnared. Human beings, men and women, suffered likewise. Oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? So, what? They were fermenting and distilling Mm -hmm. the molasses? Mm -hmm. So during that process, it's almost like, um, it's saying almost like when you cook out milk oh, to pasteurize okay. it. Yeah. So it wasn't the as thick solid. goo. No, yeah. it, was it was more runny. Now mm-hmm. it definitely hardened. Yeah. Oh, which is worse. Dude. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, now I feel bad. Okay, but here, here's, here's how we can feel good again is some people made it out. And their, their stories of survival are freaking amazing. And here's one. Anthony DiStasio, walking homeward, which I love. We can tell that this is written in a different era. Walking homeward with his sisters from the Michelangelo school was picked up by the wave and carried tumbling on its crest almost as though he was surfing. So that is good. And okay, I so like some that people lot. made it out and had a good time. Then he grounded and the molasses rolled him like a pebble as the wave diminished. He heard his mother call his name and couldn't answer. His throat was so clogged with smothering goo. He passed out, then opened his eyes to find three of his four sisters staring at him. Good job to Anthony. Dang. He he made it out and probably had a bodacious wave. (laughs) This kind of stuff is just weird to me because I'm like, how does this happen? There's so many weird little tragedies and so many weird things that exist in the world that just blow me away because it's like... Yeah, does it say that like the the gasket was rusty and it just like blew or was it someone's negligence? What does it say that? Causes. Several factors that occurred on the day and the previous days may have contributed to this disaster. The tank was constructed poorly. Gotcha. That's bad. Was tested insufficiently. Gotcha. Also bad. Due to fermentation, carbon dioxide might have raised the internal pressure. A poorly constructed, insufficiently tested tank had too much pressure. So that's bad. The rise in temperature also would have assisted in building this pressure. So, I mean, I think that's, we can, we can, there's like even more stuff that they're talking about, but we'll just say that's enough for me. That really sucks. Uh, The failure occurred from a manhole cover near the base of the tank and a fatigue crack there possibly grew to the point of criticality. Is that a word? The interesting thing to me about this, though, is the aftermath. One of those things is the fact that residents claimed for decades that everything smelled like molasses, which is pretty insane. Yeah, and and like, 
in the a regular scenario, you smell like syrup. Yeah. And you're like, hmm. Yeah, not But there. if it had taken like your siblings yeah. or your family members, you'd be like, you damn molasses flood. Yeah, not there at all. Constant reminder. <laughs> the harbor was brown with molasses for the entire summer. It didn't go away. And the cleanup crew said that it took weeks for them to get rid of all the molasses, with 300 people contributing the entire time. They said that everything a Bostonian touched was sticky. Isn't that a crazy concept? Dang. This is, <laughs> this is the weirdest disaster. So weird. I've never heard of anything like that before. And I hate that. As someone, like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm, like, cleaning my house or something. You realize that something's a little dirty, and then you can never see it like as like not dirty again yeah. you know you like look at like a windowsill or something like, oh man it's like kind of gross in there and then you can't like look at the window without being like oh that windowsill is kind of grody though yeah and i feel like having everything be sticky forever that would be maddening is terrible and i hate that a lot and i mean i hate the fact that like lives are lost and all that stuff a lot more than that but this was a <laughs> long time ago so I feel like we're, you know, we're we far can, enough removed. We can talk that about we can it. We can talk, talk about freely. it. Yeah, but the stickiness. <laughs> <laughs> That's what really but gets the stickiness. Me. That's what really grinds my gears. Yeah, pretty freaking crazy. The molasses flood. The molasses flood. Now you'll never forget that that happened. And when you go to Boston someday, remember, and you can visit the site of this terrible tragedy. <laughs> Add it to the list. You can go to our website right now and check your uh, local listings and uh, see our tour dates and yeah. uh, get tickets now. They're going to sell out fast. Uh, <laughs> if we've talked yeah. <laughs> about something weird that's near you, hey, we might be there. And the whole tour culminates in Tonawanda. That's right. <gasps> we'll have a parade in our honor. All right, give me a link. Okay, bro, did you see this? Photographer captures the same people on the same New York City street corner many times over nine years. That's a cool idea. So the corner of 42nd Street and Vanderbilt Avenue. What's uh -huh. that? It's a patch of nowhere that hides, like similar patches of nowhere in all cities everywhere. It's the space of Edward Hopper. It's the real estate equivalent of a styrofoam packing T-nut. It's blank, and it's in this blankness that we circle back to Warhol and repetition and the aesthetic experience we enjoy when we look from one Maryland to the next to see which screened face has what kind of silk screen printing air. Mm. And he just has been capturing for nine years, stood on a street corner near Grand Central Terminal, uh, photographing the same people over and over again. That's crazy. And oftentimes, they wear the same clothes and get the same drink and do the same thing. Mm. So it's not like staged. Like, no, he just waited on oh this corner God. for like one guy's looking in trash the same way. Yeah. Wait, why is that guy looking in trash? I don't know. All right, that's fine. And the book is called 42nd and Vanderbilt. Yeah, this is cool. It is interesting. The first thing that I noticed was that one of the first pictures he has on the website has a woman wearing the same shirt in two yeah. different instances. Yep. If you went to a, like the coffee shop that I go to every morning and you took pictures of me for long enough, I'm sure that I would wear the same thing. And it would be very weird to see me wearing the same thing yeah. and drinking the same thing and sitting and doing the same thing, you yeah. know, spaced apart like yeah. that. It's You can definitely get a sense of someone's style when you see them, you know, for the first time. But what's more interesting is seeing the pattern in the person's wardrobe. So yeah. <laughs> this guy, like, or in the on the Amazon page of the book, there's this one gentleman who's smoking the exact same way and is wearing a white button-down shirt the exact same way. There's a woman that she wears black black and white stripes multiple yeah. times. There's a, a older gentleman who looks up the same way with another older gentleman right next to him also. 
Um, there's a <laughs> another guy who like touches his head in like sadness and has the same backpack and same type of shirt. I mean, it's crazy. the 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 craziest one was this one lady. I think she's probably wearing the same jacket, but she pairs the same colors of shirt and neckwear mm. with the jacket. Yeah. This is really cool. I'm yeah. really fascinated by this. Yeah. This is a project that takes some major dedication. <laughs> yes. And yes. I mean, nine years in the making. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. He has a, a quote from somebody on the website who's like talking about this. And they say, how depressing that they go through their lives looking the same. But of course, everyone's a critic. And how many outfits are people supposed to have anyway? Are they happy? Are they sad? Does it matter? They're in a trance. And so the contents of their frontal cortexes don't matter. I think trance is the operative word here. A trance means you're there, but you're not there. These people left their houses or apartments and are headed to work. At which point did they enter their trance? When they hit the snooze button? When they locked their front door? When they got on the subway? And when do they snap out of their trance? Once they sit at their desks and check emails, when they eat lunch, urban life looks very odd when you view it with a lens of presence. And that's cool. Like, I like that a lot. Yeah. That's a really powerful sentiment. Do you ever do that? Like, when you're, I'm sure you do. I think everyone does. Like, when you're driving, have you ever, like, just got to your destination and you're like, I don't remember driving at all? When I used to commute from Sarasota to Tampa, those days were the same yeah. over and over again. And right. even... I had made, when we were talking about the art of tidying up, mm -hmm. like not uh, decluttering, yeah, I was doing, up. I was going through like the black shirt, black pants, black hat phase. That only added to the monotony. And in a way, it was cool because I was controlling my life and I need to find a happy medium between so much, you know, like mm -hmm. monotony and my chaos now. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, my current days, no, but absolutely trance like, oh, I'm at work. I don't remember getting in my car. I don't remember turning off on this exit. I don't remember any of the streets that I passed. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. I would like this book a lot. I yeah, think it's, it's a really cool idea. It is uh, pretty cool. So this is more in line with our stories, our mm -hmm. fun, fun bits. Okay, I saw this. The case of workplace lunch theft takes office drama to a new level. And there's this one guy named Zach Toscani who <laughs> basically live tweeted this very strange incident that happened in his office place and it like totally blew up. So I want to hear what you think about this. Coworker got his lunch stolen and they've agreed to let him watch security camera tape. This is the most excited I've ever been at any job, period, ever, period. Perfect. <laughs> the lunch in question was shrimp fried rice, which means this escalated escalates from a misdemeanor to a felony, no doubt. Case facts. Lunch was in fridge for less than an hour before it vanished. No shrimp smell remnants in the microwave or kitchen area. This was a professional hit, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. He, he likes the phrase, no doubt. He uses it several times. And I mean, in this case, that's important. Yeah. If there's no shrimp smell, that thing was in and out. Yeah. And it gets worse because he explains he's back. He watched the tape. He knows who did it. Which is crazy, by the way, just that they were like, yeah, come in. Watch yeah, the tape. I... I hope he didn't say where he works because mm -hmm. HR definitely got a talking to. Like, yeah, you let this dude watch don't security let a guy footage. Just watch security footage. Yeah, like I get it. His property was stolen, but it's also lunch. Yeah, it's I think lunch. the easier thing is like, here's a voucher to, for reimbursement of yeah. your lunch. That someone we found else stole. out who did it. We've talked to them. Like that. That would have been simple. But this because is, this he is anything but simple. I think <laughs> this gentleman reacted kindly, mm -hmm. but it could have gotten way worse. Yeah, so. Weird. 
The man whose lunch was stolen sits across from me. The person who stole his lunch sits right next to me. In all caps. She left for the day before the investigation started. <laughs> she started. She was a thief, and then she ditched. She, she was out. And here's where it gets good. <laughs> According to the video, this psychopath didn't even eat the food. <laughs> she took it out of the fridge and threw and buried it in the trash. So not just like on top. She was like, uh-uh. Not like, oh, I'm cleaning out the fridge and I'm throwing everything out. Not like, oh, this has gone bad. Not like, and it, they oh, said accident. it was fresh. Yeah, like literally pulled something right out of the trash and then put it at the bottom of the trash can. That's yeah. a That's a... Stone cold move right there. Her, her motives remain completely unknown. In lieu of what he saw on the tape, he decided not to press the matter anymore. I can't say I blame him. We don't know what this woman's fully capable of. Points to clarify. He bought the shrimp. So bought him that day. Yeah. Bought the shrimp fried rice around 11.30 a.m. In parentheses, carry out. And put it in the fridge to chill until he takes lunch at noon. So she had exactly 30 minutes window of time to do what she did there was no intention of microwaving the food update okay so when dude watched the video with hr they asked what do you want to do about it he told them he was solely interested in who did it and that he didn't want to be responsible for someone getting fired so this dude's pretty kind he's nice he's a nice guy he's being generous I, would, I don't know that i would be well i don't know i've never worked in a big corporate office like that yeah i'd want to know everything yeah <laughs> I I don't know that I would confront the person, but I might. Yeah, I'd be like, dude, what happened? Passive emails for yeah. sure. After charges were dropped, HR sent a company-wide email about not stealing people's lunches. She is scheduled to arrive at work in 20 minutes. She has walked into the room, and the room is dead silent. Dead freaking silent, yet there is a palpable explosive energy pulsing through everyone but her. I love that this is like... This is such office culture to me. Yeah, like everyone has just stopped work for the day. Also, work yeah. is totally done. <laughs> he yeah. must be like some temp that he can just. I, I there's never been a day that I could just like tweet out yeah. for hours Every, and hours. Everything's on pause. We gotta, you know, we gotta get, we gotta <sighs> get this out there. <laughs> From the moment she walked in, I've just been staring at her. Watched her open her email, and now she clicked on the HR email. Strap in. Here we go. I can't move. I simply cannot move. Anything could happen right now. After seeing the HR email, she says out loud, Whoa! Someone stole a lunch? <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> Who would do something like that? I may have to run out of this room. <laughs> what the heck, man? <laughs> this lady deserves an Oscar. Uh, yeah, an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah, I psyched myself out. After she said that, Shrimp Guy responds, Well, yeah, it's not okay to throw someone's food away. <laughs> We're all about to start screaming. After he says that, she goes, oh, it was your lunch? Beat. She continues. <laughs> well, why would you go to HR about that? I love that response. That response <laughs> so good. Oh, that was your lunch? He says, he says, yeah, it's not okay to throw someone's food away. And she immediately looks at him and just says, that was yours? And then immediately just goes straight to saying, why'd you tell HR? Which is, that's some assumptions that she makes, but that's calculated assumption. Yeah. She's correct on all counts. Dude just sighed and went back to work after she said what she said. She looks frighteningly, <laughs> frighteningly, how do you say that? Frighteningly. Frighteningly calm. But all I can say is that everyone in the office, from the janitor to the founder, knows what she did. She now carries an invisible scarlet letter. <laughs> how great is that? My God, it's bracket time. I forgot all about it. Okay, let's let's get to this. We're at the final four right now. The first 
round that we got going on here is the winning pocket monstrosity versus the winning Tonawanda Townsfolk. And that is Pepsi Man, which is underdog. I didn't think he was going to make it this far. I didn't think so either, but I just loved him week <laughs> after week after week. Like when you told me that story initially, I was like, that's weird, Drew. Yeah, it's very weird. But it's I just love him. Yeah, He's lovable and weird. It's in there. His mouth is <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Versus millennials. Ugh. Yeah. It's anybody's game because Pepsi Man isn't that big of a deal. And Ben hates millennials. Bro, they eat Tide Pods. They eat Tide Pods. That you, you actually. So recently, I got into a conversation with some people, and I went on the hardcore defense. Real talk, hardcore defense for millennials, because they were like, "Oh no, ben, Ben's giving me for the people out there that I can actually see Ben's face for once, and he's giving me this stank look. He's not into it." But people were like, "Oh, you know, why is this so bad? Millennials all have bad work ethic, and they're lazy." And I'd be I like, have a rebuttal to this. We need to split millennials down the middle. Okay. Because you and I are millennials. That's correct, yes. And we are not trash bags. Right. We're contributing members. We are creative. We are hardworking. We are interesting folk. Mm -hmm. Okay? Not to toot our own horn, but toot toot. Mm -hmm. And then there is the, you know, younger end of it. Isn't that just true with all generations, though? Oh, you're saying that it's even younger than you. You're saying you're on the... I thought that you were saying good people and bad people, but you're saying old people and young people. I thought that you were like, yeah, there's some people that are good, there's some people that are bad. And you're like, no, I'm good because I'm old in the millennial spectrum. No, I, not, other it's not an age thing. They're young. Okay, it's okay. not an age gap. Right, it is right. a, I think it's a, a generation mindset. Okay. Like, I think we're two generations in one. I think it's too large of a group to say is millennial. So we have millennials, parentheses, good. A. I'm not, I wouldn't even say that they're bad. And that's like, I'm not going to condemn them out the gate in the history book. Millennials, parentheses, hardworking, artistic, creative. <laughs> and then millennials, parentheses, bad, lazy. Lame. Yeah, there's there's two different groups. Okay. And I'll even give you that there's some bleed over. Okay. I know some people that are our age that uh-huh. are, they're bad. Mm-hmm. And I know some young people that are good. Well, here's the question. Is which of those millennials is showing up to play Pepsi Man right here? The young ones, the Tide Pods. Because <laughs> if we're putting you and I, we don't beat Pepsi Man. Oh. But if we're putting Tide Pod crazy people, yeah. The, the, that, what's the new thing that they're doing? They're like they're just coming up with crazy. The crap. oldest thing you said in like, a long time. <laughs> what's, that, what's that new thing, uh, dude? When we were younger, mm-hmm. when we were like we're that old, mm-hmm. we were doing Fluffy Bunny. What's that? Whoa, you don't know what that is? That was Fluffy Bunny. You were homeschooled? No. <laughs> Screw you, How bud. You- <laughs> <laughs> How do you not know what Fluffy Bunny What's is? Fluffy Bunny? I was, grew up in Colorado. Maybe it's different. You put marshmallows in your mouth. Oh, okay. And then you say Fluffy Bunny. Okay. And then kids died. Oh. That was our Tide Pods. Uh, I feel like the cinnamon challenge was the one that hit. Ooh, that was like our, I would say... Our side of the millennial group was mm-hmm. like phasing out. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that was our last stupid thing. Okay. I still would credit, I would still credit us with cinnamon challenge. So cinnamon challenge, you put too much cinnamon in your mouth. And you choke. And you choke. And that's like dangerous, but cinnamon itself isn't dangerous. Yeah. And like also like drink a whole gallon of milk or whatever. Yeah, we did. We bad, did that one. Bad idea. See, yeah, ours are pretty tame but when you look back. But you're not die. Like with the cinnamon one, I guess you could, but it's not like everyone did. You know? Yeah, I don't know that they reported a ton of deaths. And then Fluffy Bunny, which I had not heard of before. There might have been a death. There might have been, but like it's marshmallows. It's marshmallows. But Tide Pods. That is asking for it. <laughs> that is, you like, 
Hello, death. I'm ready. Get out of here. The the similarity that milk, marshmallows, and cinnamon have is they're all edible. <laughs> Tide Pods is the outlier because it is extremely unedible from the get go. Okay, so what what do you think? What do you think this this game goes like between Pepsi Man and Millennials? So I dislike Millennials a ton. Okay, that's been recorded. Right. On you the definitely put it on record yeah, yep. at this point. And they're vile enough to take the victory. Okay. But Pepsi Man has my heart. Mm-hmm. They're, Pepsi Man's the people's champ. It is true. You know? Yeah. These are hard calls right here. The other, like, I feel like that first round was just like bing, bang, boom. Yeah. It, it was all intuition. You know, it was clear who the winner was in almost every case. But Pepsi Man versus Millennials, I feel like I f- my, what, what my, what I'm feeling is that I think millennials are supposed to win, but I want Pepsi Man to win. I feel Why like are millennials supposed I feel like to if win? you ran the odds on who was going to win between the two of them, millennials they have more power, they have more strength, they have more will, more evil, more evil. Even that's important. Pepsi Man <laughs> that, that is a metric. You know what Pepsi Man has <laughs> goodness. Pepsi, a mouth. I just thought of his fatal flaw. What's that? I hate Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> well. You heard it here. Damn. Pepsi Man loses because his brand is not all that good. Dude, Coke is way better. Coke is way better than Pepsi. Like, hands down. I would never get a Pepsi. Dang, that was such a swift victory. Sucks. Yeah, Pepsi Man goes down on the, the, the one flaw that he cannot correct. His own, his own name. His own namesake. <laughs> then we overlooked it. We overlooked it this whole time because his, his biggest flaw. His character was too beautiful. It was. <laughs> it's his face. It's I really actually, until this moment, did not really attribute Pepsi Man with Pepsi whatsoever. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, man. Which is great. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Now, the second, the second round is our autonomous companion champion, Amazon Home Delivery. With Life, Death, Italian Plumbers, our sort of catch-all with Kanye West. And again, this is another one of those things where... Well, by the way, I very much like the fact that we ended up having two things versus two people. I know Pepsi (laughs) Man isn't necessarily like a person, but... He's a person. He's a person. He's a person person in my heart, and he should be a person in your heart. Bro, if we can give that weird robot lady (laughs) a citizenship, we can definitely give Pepsi Man Man a citizenship. So... Um, yeah, so this is this is the thing. You know, Amazon Home Delivery, they, they did some good knockouts. They got rid of Boston Dynamics. Kanye West, he, he ousted Cracker Barrel, which is just as evil as millennials, if you ask me. Amen. Yeah, so uh, what are you thinking? So I think before this week, I would have said Amazon Home Delivery, hands down. Mm-hmm. But Kanye reactivated his Twitter. Oh, shoot. Kanye's making moves. For this so bracket's that means sake. Potentially new music's coming or a new project or just some he's he's just back in the ether. This is good. This is really good. Yeah, you're totally right. Okay, so we got it we gotta pull up the Twitter. Because the Twitter is good. They're pretty good. Um, you still follow him? Of course. Okay. I wouldn't I got really excited I when know. I saw his avatar in my timeline. So some people, says Kanye West have to work within the existing consciousness while some people can shift the consciousness. Often people working with the existing consciousness are jealous of those who are more in touch and they become hardcore capitalists in hopes of creating the illusion that the value of money is worth more than the value of time and friends. 
So I say to all you Kanye haters, mm-hmm. if his name was not attached to these tweets, you'd be like, oh, that's a that's an insightful, thoughtful person. <laughs> it's really true. You know? Yeah. Which is my greatest argument of like, people are just biased because it's him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you would have, before these tweets came out, asked me, Amazon Home Delivery or Kanye West, I think I would have been like, man, Kanye hasn't been doing too much lately. I love the dude. But Amazon Home Delivery is a force. And yeah. I think that I have to be unbiased and say, Amazon Home Delivery might win this round. But he just said that Hardcore capitalism is the enemy. (laughs) And I feel like he pre-gamed that so hard that he can dunk all over Amazon. He's trying to dunk all over consciousness. I don't know if Amazon Home Delivery stands a chance at all. He also poses some dope shoes. I think he has the edge. God, I think so. Oh my God, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that we did this bracket right now. Because also, so not only is he taking a shot at capitalism... Capitalism is taking a shot at capitalism. That's true. That's Look true. at, I know they're not the same, but they're in similar categories. Mm-hmm. Look at Facebook and the turmoil that they're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazon is not too far away in relation. Reckoning is coming. Oh, man, dude. Kanye advances. Bro. My dude. All right. So, millennials versus Kanye West. Which is crazy uh-huh. because. Uh-huh. That is a continuous loop. That is. That's a loop. That's true. They've been battling since day one. Not even, well, battling, but I would say even loving. They, yeah, loving and hating. Kanye love the kids, <laughs> and the kids love Kanye. 